Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you to our sponsors, the Wall Street Memes Casino, with over 5,000 custom games to choose from. Enjoy live dealers and in-play sports betting, from football to esports. Get a 200% sign-up bonus on your initial deposit up to $25,000. Use code IFLTV24. Deposit now by visiting Wall Street Memes Casino today. 18 plus only, please gamble responsibly. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV. It is Sunday at 24 minutes past seven. We should make this a regular thing, shouldn't we, on a on a Sunday, Gareth? Well, not really, because I don't really want to do it with you every Sunday evening, but you hassle the crap out of me and I pull the bones out and I think, oh, well, I'll do it. So you've date stamped it now. Listen, if I'm available and I've got enough energy, I will, but... Sunday tends to be an, a late start because um, it's always a late night finish, whether I'm doing a radio show or at a fight or staying up watching fights, tend to have a little rest on Sunday morning and then go for a big bike ride or a big paddleboard or a big exercise, cook a nice meal and then um, just settle in and make my notes for the week. And, you know, listen, you're an old friend. I've got full respect for what you've achieved and accomplished. I watch some of your videos in the week. We seem to be chatting every Sunday night at the moment, if not Monday morning. And, uh, well, long may it continue. How about that? How about that? How about that? Okay. Um, yeah, let's just kind of just run through some of the highlights um, from last night. Uh, we have a new British champion um, in Reese Bellotti, who uh, dethroned Liam Dillon. Um, we also saw um, a quite a stunning win from Hamza Shiraz, uh, defeating Liam Williams. Uh, last night so yeah um, they were the kind of major talking points from in yesterday yeah Reese Bellotti's a great character obviously he, he's worked as an electrician on um, on lots of movies hasn't he Bond movies and stuff he's a fascinating character good for him he's got there at last um, Hamza Shiraz was spectacular um he revealed to me last night, by the way, Hamza, that he's left-handed. And I found out, because his dad, Cameron Shiraz, you know his dad, obviously, yeah? Well, his dad yeah. was a quick bowler for Gloucestershire in the in the early 90s. And he, he got Brian Lara out and six of the West Indies team one day when they were touring. I think he got six for 70 or something. He literally bowled the West Indies out. Uh, Lara being one of the scalps. And obviously, if people don't follow cricket, Brian Lara is one of the greatest batsmen of all time. Um, famously, I think Brian Lara's got a 400, hasn't he? Um, I think he scored 400 in one game. But um, 
But what, when I was speaking to Hamza, it was just after the victory against Liam Williams. He said, I'm a left arm, I'm a left arm quick bowler. I said, yeah, but you're an orthodox boxer. So are you actually left-handed? And he said, yeah. And Frank Warren last night was talking about how powerful Hamza's jab is. And of course, Hamza's jab is his left hand and it's his strong hand. So I've learned a little thing about him last night. I thought the respect value that he had um, for Liam Williams afterwards was extraordinary. Such a powerful puncher. He caught Liam Williams at the right time. Obviously, Gary Lockett, in um, you know, an old stalwart of the game and a former boxer himself, knew it was right to pull Liam Williams out. He looked very hurt in there in that first round. And uh, Hamza Shiraz marches on. Um, it's the Commonwealth title, wasn't it? Um, and the WBC silver, I think it was. Um, so I think, you know, there's an easy fight to make there with Nathan Heaney, who's the British champion. Um, Hamza Shiraz was calling out Chris Eubank Jr. Um, there's some great fights for him. And, and he does look so powerful. Six foot three. Um, he's becoming more rounded with his attacks. He used to be kind of very sock, rock'em, sock'em robot, didn't he? Uh, in very straight lines. And, and I spoke to him about this a while ago, actually. Um, and it's something he's working on in his game. Um, so fascinating character. Great guy. Um, and I think onwards and upwards for him. It was a great night for him. Glad to see Craig Richards get back in the win column. Um, I think it was a seventh. No, it was, it was Anthony. Was it Anthony Yard got a seventh round stoppage? Um, Richards got a seventh round stoppage. Yeah, Richards against Crichton, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a seventh round stoppage for him. Uh, Anthony Yard back and victorious. That was great to see. Loved, again, Joshua Boatsi ringside with him. Great respect between the two men. That fight looks like it's going to be on. Great to see them together. Loved the way they were together. Business. These guys, this group of light heavyweights we've got in the UK, none of them is really a trash talker. And I love the way they are with each other. And Yards and Boatsi really look like they're very, very keen to get it on. Even though... Eddie Hearn, who I interviewed yesterday, Coogan, early in the afternoon, was hinting that Craig Richards might be the guy he puts forward if there's a light heavyweight division in the in the Hearn versus Warren stakes, Matchroom versus Queensbury. He seemed to be hinting at that last night and, and then hinting at nine people Connor Ben could face next. Um, and it gets bigger. The list gets bigger by the day. Who is it today? It was Manny Pacquiao today. Did you see that? Yes. So there are about their list of about nine or ten people, but what I'll say about Conor Ben, and I know that was a while ago now, and I'm digressing in a graph like this right now. Conor Ben made a lot of noise in Vegas, and he got the attention of a lot of big names. And even though he couldn't put Peter Dobson pistol Peter away, he's very resonant at the moment. It was good to see photographs of of Conor Ben. Here's all the news: Conor Ben bumping into Robert Smith yesterday. You know, you know, Conor apologised to me recently for knocking the microphone out of my hand. Um, and obviously I saw him at the gig that night I was emceeing for you at the at Indigo at the O2 Arena and it, it's good to see that, that Connor's doing the rounds and, and get back on, getting back on side with people because Eddie's also said that that resolution on the appeal should be in the next fortnight he was telling me that yesterday what more do you need? are we done? definitely not um, right, let's come back to Conor Ben. Um, obviously, Conor Ben in uh, multiple interviews yesterday um, has said that 
the offer to tank Javante Davies is in um, the region of between 10 and $15 million. Um, I mean, this is... It seems very unrealistic that this fight will happen next uh, mm. for me, but I think Eddie Hearn has kind of put his money where his mouth is and actually has sent um, Team Tank, Team Davis, whatever, uh, an offer to see, okay, we're serious. Ball's in your court now. Well, a Tank still with PBC, yeah? I think, I, I... <laughs> I think so, but... Is he still being looked at, still being managed by Leonard Ellaby? That part of it, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's complex, man. Well, all, 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 all I would say I is... I'm not sure about that. I spoke to Leonard Ellaby and Roly Romero last week. Obviously, Roly fights some um, um, Pitbull Cruz, Isaac Pitbull Cruz on March the 30th for Saturday, the day before Fabio Wardley and in America, the day before Fabio Wardley and... Uh, a Fraser Clark fight and Chris Congo and, and Florian Marku, two great fights, by the way. Um, and um, that's on Amazon, it's the first event on Amazon, isn't it? Um, and Leonard was is involved with that one, that's a PBC event. So I wonder whether I know that Eddie's talking about DAZN, but I wonder whether that might be a dual cast with Amazon and DAZN if that the way they're putting the money together with that, but. Dazone may have come up with that amount of money to get to get Javonta Davis into the fight with with Conor Ben. It's an odd one because it's a lightweight, really a lightweight fighting a welterweight. Um, it's a good fight for Conor Ben. It's a good fight for Javonta Davis. Very high profile. Eddie's told me that fight would be in America, not the UK. By the way, yeah. Um, and um, I think if anything. It's a, it's a it's a good fight for Conor Ben, but it's not a good fight in terms of the results. I, I I still think Javonta beats him. I think he outboxes him. I think it's competitive, but the advantages he've got he has got right. that he's twelve pounds heavier. But and and um, you know, let's be realistic about it. it it's a, it's it's in in terms of weight divisions for a reason. It, it's something of a mismatch. But as I say, I still favour Tank to win the fight. I think it's more like the, cut, the go down, run down the list of names that have been mentioned for Connor at the moment. Manny Pacquiao today, Javonta Davis, Devin Haney's called out. Um, again, that's a, he's a 140 fighter, but he could come up to welterweight. Um, Errol Spence. Uh, Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, Chris Eubank Jr., Cal Brook, um, Josh Kelly. They've kind of pooped. Barrios. Uh, Mario Barrios. Um, uh, that's, that's nine. Um, who else is there? I mean, he just flung, he just flung the, he just flung the doors open for the zombie, zombie hordes to come in. You know, um, it's like I'll fight anyone, I'll knock all their heads off. But the great thing is, he's tenacious and he's, 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 he's repairing damage. He's, he's coming back from the brink. He says he wishes hand, he'd handled things differently. Um, Chris Congo as well said last night, I had Chris Congo with me in the studio at Talk Sports, and he said he'd love to fight Conor Ben. Um, and uh, he said, anytime. Um, Chris isn't in that place yet, but if he makes noise against uh, Florian Marku, then, then maybe he can. But, um, you know, the, the, Eddie's being accused of cashing out with Conor Ben, but the truth is he's got to make him big fights now. He's been out nearly two years. 
Um, and and it, it, everything's pointing to him, the, the appeal from the board and UCAD being lifted. So, you know, he's, it looks like he, he might eventually be free to fight in the UK as well. The suggestion is from Eddie Hearn is that with Chris Eubank Jr., that he's kind of done with trying to make that fight for the second, um, for the moment, shall we say. Um, we saw Chris Eubank um, actually clip a, a piece of IFL's interview with Eddie Hearn from Vegas last week and then attached it with the, the famous quotes from Jerry Maguire, the movie with Tom Cruise. But, I mean, Eddie Hearn has said that, and Frank, speaking to Frank Smith the other day, that in their opinion, Eubank has uh, out, um, overpriced himself um, out of that fight. Um, that looks to be dead in the water for the moment. Any suggestions? Yeah, but about five days ago, Eddie was pushing that fight with Chris Eubank Jr. And you and I had that morning with Chris uh, Eubank Sr. at the Mayfair Hotel in, in, in Mayfair in Soho. And we both had interviews with him that morning. We had a fantastic time with him. He was on top form. I don't know what anyone's on about. People say that, oh, Chris has lost his mind. What are they on about? Chris Eubank Sr. took more sense that morning than most people in boxing, didn't he? Can you not agree with me on that? Yeah, I mean, based on that day with Chris, I, I wouldn't say that I felt that there was... Listen, obviously, I'm just talking from an outside perspective without kind of any expert opinion. Obviously, people like query Chris's mental health, etc. But... I no. don't. I don't. I don't. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No, I'm not suggesting you do, Gareth. I'm just saying that people have, and that's why, like, that's something I spoke to him about. And, yeah, I mean, based on that one day, you know, I didn't think that there was um, anything different to when I've spoken to Chris Eubank Senior over the last 10 years. No, he was talking, absolutely, he was talking absolute sense. And, um, like I said, Junior would have to cut an awful lot of weights. Then Eddie Hearn responded to that, didn't he? Because Chris Eubank Senior um, had a morning with us, then he went to talk sport. Then, then Eddie Hearn responded by saying, you know, what's senior on about? There's a massive opportunity um, for, for his son to have a, uh, a, a payday three times whatever he'd get anywhere else. So the, 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 the Conor Ben story rumbles on. And, and I think, for me, it looks like Ben and Eubank is dead in the water for now. And obviously, Eubank Senior wants it to be Harlem Eubank, doesn't he? But... They don't seem to be buying that. The Ben Camp, the Hearn, the Zone Axis don't seem to be buying that fight at all. No, that doesn't seem very realistic, to be honest with you. Um, I'm I've got to run in eight minutes, bro. I've got to run in eight minutes, Coogan, okay? Okay, okay. Um, right, Gareth, it's been just over a week since, uh, yeah, the heavyweight division was kind of thrown into a little bit of turmoil. Um mm. So, yeah, just picking the bones out of kind of the aftermath of that over the last few days. Um, obviously, the announcement of the fight date was done, as we spoke very quickly, last Saturday um, for May the 18th with Fury Usyk. Um, I know you've watched an interview I've done with Spencer Brown, uh, Tyson's manager, over the last two or three days. And, yeah, some interesting reveals in that, uh, notably the 
Jay Opatia situation that he probably wouldn't. Well, I already knew about it. Yeah, already knew about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the injury. The injury. You mean? Oh, the injury. Yes. Oh, yeah. The injury. Yes, absolutely. He wouldn't have been. So that's kind of good for him. Um, but I was thinking about the Shane. Did you do that Shane interview with Shane Fury as well? That wasn't me. Oh, because because Shane was hinting about the, the rumours about Jay Opatia and Tyson in sparring. And I know something about that directly from someone in the camp, not the mole, but it's directly from whatever it is, but someone from the camp in which, and I've put it out there several times, Tyson Fury was on fire in sparring and he looked amazing in sparring um, and no one, was, no one was giving him life or death. He looked absolutely fantastic and I was hearing that over and over again for a couple of, a couple of three weeks. You know, I thought Spencer's interview with you was very, very good. Obviously, I speak to Spencer regularly. He's, uh, he's very savvy on all these things and very honest. And, and um, he's doing a fantastic job there. And uh, they did a brilliant job um, getting all that um, detail over the line, getting Frank Warren and George Warren and His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh and, and the, the, the USIC team all together around a table to get the moves done to sign up. Uh, Fury to fight on May the 18th, just over three months. Stitch Duran's given his uh, opinion about the cut. He said, you know, it's not near the um, the blood vessels. That's really good. You can see that from the cut. Um, not a difficult cut to control. Um, that was very interesting. Ross Amber said the same as well. You know, there'll be lots of vitamin E applied to it and um, they'll, they'll, it will heal up in three or four weeks. I don't think Fury's a slow healer anyway. Um, I think they're really pushing the boat out to get him out there again by May the 18th. But I think there's an appetite and a desire. I thought the way Spencer described what happened was fascinating. Um, and you could tell they were completely and utterly on it. And all those conspiracy theorists, all, 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 the, all the people that could come out and slam Tyson Fury, the Eddie Hearns of this world, the David Hayes of this world, by the way, who I remember covering that story in detail. You were probably just starting in the game then when David Hayes' eye got cut. Were you just starting at that point? No, I was three years in. All right, sorry, you were three. Sorry, I'm, I don't mean to insult you. I thought, <laughs> oh, I thought it was 10 years, yeah, it was 13. Years um, no, no, it was a really big story at the time. And David, I thought, was very generous. David was very generous in his comments this time in saying, I know how uh, Tyson Fury, Fury feels. That fight obviously never happened in the end. Um, between Hay and Fury. It was a fight we all really wanted to see. And let's not forget, we weren't that far away from Hay versus Anthony Joshua at one point as well. But David Hay's body was gone um, at that point after the two fights of Bellew. Um, so I think all the people that are in the know, are inside boxing, I thought did a tremendous thing in, in the way they all came out and did interviews. Because... It just made, you know, there's lots of conspiracy theories that fly around Tyson Fury. He's a very unusual character. It just made them all spurious and, and it made them all preposterous and it made them all ridiculous. And, you know, it, it, there's absolutely no way on earth that Tyson Fury um, at this stage in his life and his career is trying to get out of fight with, with Alexander Usyk. It was terrible bad luck. Um, I'm glad, as Spencer explained to you, 
that Tyson Fury just had a little bit of depression, was down for a little bit and was able to handle it because it would have been a shock. And I loved the way he described all that stuff, that it was very visceral what he was describing, very raw, that they were literally in so much shock. They didn't know who to ring for a moment. They couldn't get hold of anyone, you know, because you need to be able to deal with it. And as I say, I've said it to you before and I'll say it again, I'll always say it, his Excellency Turkey El Sheikh and the team dealt with it brilliantly and got it dealt with in 26 hours. And we don't often see that in boxing, that there's a resolution so quickly and it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Gareth, just going back to you mentioned Eddie Hearn there. Eddie Hearn has been one of the uh, the people has been very vocal uh, since this situation arose last Friday, a week Friday ago, that this is a, rid a ridiculous suggestion that Tyson Fury has cut himself. I just want to point that out because obviously David Hay had his reasons for making his comments due to Fury's comments from 10, 10 odd years ago. But, uh, yeah, but David Hay was very generous in the way he did it. Yeah. He, he, but what he, he wasn't at all. They had, for whatever, like he made reference points to um, uh, comments that Fury had made. Um, yeah, but he wasn't coming back on them. He was, he was saying, "I feel sorry for the guy, and I hope he comes back very soon." And look, Eddie Hearn is in with the team now in the group. Um, he's got Anthony Joshua, you know, floating around that. And my instinct is. You know, Fury's five-point plan that he talked about a few days ago, he's back on social media, you know, two Usyk fights, two Joshua fights, and the rematch with France and Garnu. I suspect that... Talking about this with Spencer Oliver, and I kind of agree with him, that it wouldn't surprise me to see Fury fight Joshua in between two Usyk fights, you know? Because the belts won't matter after Undisputed as much. It'll just be the big matchups. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Fury fight Usyk, then Joshua, then Usyk, then Naganu, if he fights that many times. But I reckon if he fights Fury, and he, if, he, if he beats Usyk and he beats Joshua, that might be it, you know? That, that, that's my view, anyway. I, I could be completely wrong, but... Um... You think that's the possibility of Usyk uh, and then Joshua and then possibly... Then you sick again in Nagano. I think four more fights is a lot of fights for Tyson Fury at the level he's got. But if he wants to go on and he wants to earn two hundred and a quarter of a billion dollars or a quarter of a billion pounds, and then yeah, if he wants to. But there's going to he, he he's been through a lot in his career, and I, you know, um, I'm not just I'm not disbelieving him, but I think he might want to. But five more fights is a lot of fights. You know, that's two and a half more years. It's a lot. And 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 I remember after the third Wilder fight, asking him, is that it now? And getting pilloried for it. Why are you asking him to retire after his third Wilder fight? And he said, you weren't wrong to, to, to call me uh, uh, and ask me about, was it going to be my last fight? Because if you recall, he told Paris that was going to be it. He told his wife Paris that would be it now. Um, but but look at look at the world of opportunity he's got. Um, so we don't know, but it's it's interesting to it's an interesting talking point. Absolutely, um, Gareth. Um, what, what do you know from what's going on in the camp? Then why are you being a bit coy? Can't you reveal something? What do you mean? I, I, don't, I don't know. What you mean. Happening in the Fury camp. Right, you said you've been speaking to someone out there, and well, it's mainly it's you know it's mainly those guys close to him, Spencer and so on, because. Um, you know, that they, they were on the ground with him in Riyadh. I'm, I'm not trying to, there's nothing secret. 
And what I meant was that I, I was hearing the whole time when people were rumor mongering about, oh, he was struggling in sparring and this, and I don't know where the hell all that was coming from because that's not what I was hearing. I was hearing the opposite, that he was on fire, you know? Okay. And he looked in great shape when he came out of that camp. I thought you might have had um, conversations with the mole, that's all. I don't, who, <laughs> I don't know who the mole is. I, 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 I don't see there being a mole. I don't see there being a mole in their, in their group. They're a very tight group. Um, I can't understand who would be talking to, to people outside the, the camp in terms of... I mean, you're, you're, you're in strict reference to Johnny Nelson stuff, aren't you? That's what you're talking about. Oh, Johnny Nelson's made comments in reference to this over the last week or so, yes. But not specifically that. I'm just... Yeah, but we know Johnny's made comments. Not a clue. Not a clue. And and you know what? I'm not even interested in whatever the, the, the situation is. with. I don't see there being a mole in the camp. They're a very tight-knit group. I think it's... Um, I think it's a game that's being played about... Um, who's told you those moles in the camp? Was it Spencer? Yeah, well, Spen no, Spencer... Was, well, Spencer used the word grass. <laughs> Spencer used the word... Uh, grass, which is uh, obviously a term that people not a clue, not a clue about it anyway. Yeah. Not not a clue about what they're referring to, um, because the not the, the info that was coming out wasn't correct about him anyway. So that he was struggling in sparring, if that's what you're referring to, because that's not what I was hearing. Okay, well, listen, Gareth, I know you've got to go on. What's an odd end to the interview? No, it's not an odd end at all. It's been a talking point all week. Is that Pamela Anderson on your top? Is it Pamela Anderson? No, but is that Pamela Anderson on your bottom? No, that's not. Oh, who is it? I don't know. Audrey Hepburn on mine. Oh, is it? Okay. No, it's. I think it's Heidi Klum. Oh, Heidi Klum. Okay. Okay. Don't let we're, sport see. we're sporting on what's that? Don't let Seal see that. <laughs> Gareth, if you could sum up the last seven days in heavyweight boxing in five words, how would you do that? They sorted it out quickly. Okay, we'll take it, we'll take it. Gareth A. Davies, thank you very much for your time. Um, I'm sure there'll be some more twists and turns in the world of boxing this week. This was meant to be the start of... I know, we'd be in Riyadh right now. We'd be in Riyadh, that's a very good we point. We would be, be in Riyadh right now. Right now, we'd be landing in Riyadh, quite right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely right. We'd have been there about three hours already. Yeah, it's so true. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. All right, buddy. Lovely to speak to you as always. Gareth, we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.